This is the Andres Segovia Show. All right, we're rolling. Sam, welcome to the Andres Segovia Show. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, and for those that uh, are tuning in, um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and what do you do? Okay, so Sam, I go by Sam Tabs on social media and uh, from California originally, which is where we met way back then and uh, left the United States in 2013 and began a journey of traveling. And now we call Taiwan our home. What I did is uh, I used to do a lot of online businesses before I was let go from my uh, 12 years job that I used to have from a company based in San Diego, uh, Mm -hmm. providing technology for school districts, mostly Apple tech. And um, yeah, right now I'm just enjoying life. I'm I'm not doing much. I'm just um, having fun doing, you know, videos here and there for YouTube of our travels. And I just venture out this year a little bit into podcasting after seeing you doing what you're doing. <laughs> well, well, it's why not, right? <laughs> it's like yeah, exactly. Yeah, and. And you actually have a, a really good eye. I, I've seen some of your photography on, on Instagram. It's like, dude, where is he getting these shots? Um, and I think I, I noticed that in a lot of cases, you were using an iPhone for most of that. Um, I've used iPhone 100% for everything. Wow. So how much how much uh, post uh, touch-ups are in that? Do you run it through like a Photoshop or something? I use uh, Lightroom for iPhone, and mm-hmm. I do like to have in a specific aesthetic, I guess. So, and I like having my pictures in a particular color theme. So that's why I, you know, run it through Lightroom so I can put my own uh, profile, color profile that I enjoy, you know, doing. Yeah. So, yeah. Don't. That's awesome. Because. Uh, uh, some of that stuff i'm like well it's amazing what you can do with uh smartphone cameras nowadays that's why i'm like dude if you got a smartphone camera and you have the the willingness to just you know talk into a camera you can do podcasting or vlogging and things like that that's that's actually the encouragement i got from a a fellow content creator named mr mobile he used to be over on uh on pocket now for those that uh want to know his real name his name is michael fisher and oh. we used to communicate back in the day in Twitter when it wasn't uh, a mess. Um, <laughs> and and when I asked him, I was like, "Hey, man, uh, I'm I'm actually really interested in in you know getting into tech because back then, uh, like, I didn't like all these all these uh, tech uh, influencers. They right. were not giving BlackBerry its fair share. It was it's like it's oh. not an Apple. It's it's not a Samsung. It's not trying to be. Yeah, it's and everybody that's been using one would know. So right. I I asked him." Um, like any advice for someone like me? And he said, "Dude, I started off with uh with with a a, a crappy webcam too. So you just have the willingness to do it, go for it." I'm like, "Well, right. all right, I'll give it a shot." And that was um that was September 2015 when I started uh wow. YouTube. So, so yeah, it's wow. been a while now, uh, and I've come a long ways. So, yeah, uh, and. And yeah, it's it's just amazing what you can do with it. But seriously, your you, your aesthetic, uh, do you do you ascribe to 
matte black everything because you have like a black aesthetic, right? <laughs> um, I guess so, but it's just there's something about just having that uh, matte black, let's say, um, part of your theme, and then adding colors as you see it fit based on your lifestyle, based on how you perceive those colors. And so I fell in love with this matte black thing after watching a few online videos and other creators. Uh, I'm going to drop a name really quick. Uh, I'm sure you know him, uh, NKBHD. Matte black uh, everything, yep. That's yeah, exactly. Crazy. And I started looking at some of those things, and then I kind of, you know, roll with the punch and – I adopted some of that into, I guess I can call my brand, and I, I just enjoyed it. I mean, I like it. I think it's really cool. Well, here's my follow-up question. What color is your iPhone? <laughs> well, here's the thing. You see... Um, <laughs> they don't have a black one, I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So for the past two iterations, right, for the 11 mm. and the 12, mm. um, I wanted to go with the new colors that mm. came out. So for the 11, I went for the green uh, that mm. was released. And then for the 12, I went for the blue, I forgot. Pacific, what, what Pacific, Pacific blue, is that what they call it? Something I think like that's that? the new one, the 13. Oh. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, but anyways, I went with that blue. And nowadays, to be honest with you, I hate putting cases on my phones. Mm -hmm. But then again, we know how these iPhones are designed with this glass back. And if people are as clumsy as I am when it comes to <laughs> holding phones, plus, you know, I have four kids, so uh, things get a little hectic here and there. Um, I didn't want to break these very expensive devices. These are not oh, yeah. cheap devices, as we know. And anyways, so I end up getting that. I like to use, because I use iPhones pretty much for everything, including my, you know, YouTube videos as well as pictures, sometimes I use interchangeable lenses. Mm -hmm. And so I like to put a case on my iPhone. I don't know if you guys can see it, but, you know, it looks yeah, like it. And then it has that, you know, lenses mount that I own. And then I can just mount it and, you know, it's all black. So you barely see anything anyway. So, yeah, no complaint there. Yeah, no. And, um, yeah, me too. I prefer having a naked phone. It's just, yeah. well, life happens. Exactly. Um, my most precious my most precious uh, device that I still have, um, it, and people that watch my show know this one, it's the HTC One M8 All Red. Okay. It was a limited oh, wow. edition only for Verizon at the time. This was the time when carriers were still making carrier-specific colors. And me yeah. being on Verizon, um, I had access to it. But I had just renewed. Back then, we had contracts, right? So I had just renewed the contract for an HTC One M8, and it was uh, um, the gunmetal color. Oh, and I was wow. In, uh, and I was at the in Costa Mesa. Uh, they have a small Verizon there across the street of the South Coast Plaza uh, next to an Old Navy. And I just happened to be passing by there, uh, and and I remember I had to do something for the uh, for for my account, so I went in there, and I, I happened to see that they had the poster of it, but I didn't see the phone itself. And at that point, um, the inventory was basically all run out because I did ask Verizon, wow. a corporate, 
when I was on the phone with them before I renewed, like, hey, do you have any more red ones? Like, no, we're all out of the red ones. Like, okay. Wow. So then I was at this local store. It just didn't even occur to me because I had already renewed. I couldn't take it back. Uh, and then uh, I asked them, like, man, that, that red one's nice. Do you guys even have the red ones anymore? Because they're like all out. And uh, the store wow. guy's like, um, yeah, we have one left. I'm like, dude, that could be all the right. last one on earth. <laughs> I can't, re- I can't renew my contract. So 667 bucks right here. Give me that phone. I'll take it. <laughs> that was the most like gut reaction I had to a phone. Imagine this 667 bucks back then. Now we're paying $1,200 for a phone, but I-, I bought it. It was a unibody aluminum frame. And uh, wow. uh, I, I told my wife, who was all Apple, I'm like, I feel like I have more Taiwanese pride than you do because my wife's Taiwanese because I support <laughs> HTC. <laughs> she supports Apple. Uh, but I still have that phone to this day. And with Verizon devices, you, you can't unlock the bootloader. So you couldn't. Oh, really? Uh, you, yeah. So you couldn't flash another operating system to this thing. And even though I went to the developer settings of HTC developers at the time, um, you couldn't right. get an unlock code to un- un- unlock the bootloader because Verizon is the one that locked it, or at least demanded that it be locked. But there's these wow. cool guys online. Uh, shout out to to Root Ninja um, for finding a way through something called Sunshine app uh, to be able to do a temporary root on the device. I'm like, I tried it before, it didn't work. And sometimes I guess they eventually were able to update it to make it work on Verizon specific devices. Uh-huh. Now I have Lineage OS running on my HTC, so it's got more life. I'm like, dude, I, I can still use this phone. It's like seven years later. It's my wow. favorite Android of all. The runner up would be the, the, the Samsung um, uh, Galaxy Note 10 in, in red. So like, wow. dude, I don't, I don't know what it is with me in red because I, no, I was just going to tell you, <laughs> but the thing is when you see a red phone, cause we're so conditioned to a black phone yep. that eventually remember, yep. remember when Apple announced yep. iPhone four available in white, like, Oh my gosh, let's get the white one. It was like, yeah, there, there's, you mean we can have it any color we want so long as it's black and then here comes apple with white so to me htc was always bold like we can do it in different colors uh but uh that was uh that was a long well, time the ago. red one from my phone um you know the co-red one it's popular as well it's not that everyone just want the black one i just think that we have been conditioned you know to think that way and and just to touch on something that you you spoke about briefly about your wife that's one thing that we have in common as well right our wives are Mm -hmm. taiwanese and then the other thing is that uh, when you were talking about that she supports apple i can tell you out of the very small group of people that i know here in taiwan the overwhelming majority of them use iphones and i think i think i know the reason and that is because of tsnc right um TSNC is the largest SOC or chip manufacturer for the entire world. And they're the one that produces the iPhones, you know, uh, um, in China as well. So I guess there's some kind of pride in that, I guess. Um, But, yeah. There was that. And I did have uh, a gripe with HTC. This Uh is kind of similar to, uh, to Samsung. Because Samsung does have their own chipset. They use Exynos. 
Oh, okay. It's an in-house chip that they build. And mm. in the United States, they use Qualcomm. So you actually get a very different experience on your Samsung device if you're using right. an Exynos versus a Qualcomm chip. So the benchmarks come oh. in and it's not, there's no there's no competition there until I would say maybe this year the the Exynos uh, processor is like catching up but in the case of HTC mm-hmm. they it's like they focused their energies in the in the American market and neglected the East Asian markets uh, and uh, I think the European market is like somewhere in between. Got it. Uh, so if they neglected their own people, uh, I know of a lot of people that wanted to love the HTC phones because they, they like the colors, they like the interface, that they could customize it. Right. Um, they like the speakers because back then it was still like a mono firing speaker downward. Uh, and iPhones were really expensive. And it but, still have the, the headphone jack as well. Right? And it still had the headphone jack, which is, <laughs> oh, man, that's that's a bygone day, isn't it? But all, everybody like, okay, I'll buy my HTC. But HTC have bloated user interfaces that were so wonky. They would never update their phones. They were oh, sluggish. And yeah. it, it felt like unless they were buying the flagship models, which was maybe they'll update it, they mm. had a poor track record with customer service. So the user experience really failed on that. And Despite my my anti Apple stance for so long, uh, mm-hmm. and I had to adopt some Apple or iOS products into what I do because of real estate. Right. The the one thing that I always praised Apple for was just how long they will support a device with um, regular operating system updates. I mean, right. heck, even the the iOS uh, what is it third uh, not thirteen um, fifteen iOS fifteen mm-hmm. you can still get it to run on on a iPhone six S. I mean, yep. that's mind-boggling. It is. As a matter of fact, yesterday, because I like to keep all my devices, I don't give them away. Well, I shouldn't say I don't give them away. I pass it along down the family. And so my my middle child daughter, she has the 5S. The 4S, I have a uh, disassemble because I want to put them in a frame uh, with all the components out and things like that. But she still had the 5S and she uses the 5S. And just yesterday, there was an update. Granted, it's not the latest uh, iOS 15 update, but it's still getting 12.5.5 updates to, yeah, to do security updates and things like that. And I thought it was just fascinating to see, you know, those things still happening. Yeah, that's why uh, these these Android manufacturers need to up their game. And it's very different when you can't control the economies of scale. Because uh, Samsung is the closest thing that we ever got to an Android, well, not, not even Android manufacturer, but uh, um, a a smartphone device that, um, that they control everything because they have a chipset. They actually right. have their own operating system called Tizen. So their oh. smart the smart watches that they have are Tizen powered devices. And those okay. watches, just like the Apple ones, uh, not, not the Apple watches per se, but the, how how they handled the longevity of a device. I have a very old Samsung watch. Uh, uh, one of them is the Samsung Gear S2 Classic, and okay. it still looks beautiful. And the operating system is beautiful and modern. Um, the they launched Tizen powered smartphones to the India market, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and, okay. and other developing countries. It was several years ago. I don't want I, I don't want to pin it. It might have been like 
I want to say at least maybe five, six years ago, Samsung had, and for those of you watching that might want to correct my history, can correct it. I'm just, I'm just spitballing here. Samsung held a developers conference uh, uh, near Cupertino, and it scared the bejesus out of Google because mm. Samsung was the largest manufacturer distribu- distributor of Android. Right. But here, here was Samsung hosting their own developer conference because a lot of people complain about Samsung. Say, why do I have duplicate apps? I have the Google apps and then there's Samsung apps because right. Samsung has their own apps. They had right. their own um, um, social media thing, kind of like a iMessage thing. They, I forget what they called the Samsung one specific because mm-hmm. it, they had a sunset it, but they had a, a Samsung specific um, chat app, uh, a social media thing. Um, mm. they, they had the, the Tizen OS and they wanted developers to come to the, the bill for Tizen. So right. Google's like, oh my goodness, we're going to lose like 70% of our, of our distribution uh, channel here. If Samsung mm-hmm. goes on separate ways. So Google did meet right. with Samsung in private to keep Samsung to distribute Android. So the, the Tizen smartphone experiment never came to the United States. I, I think it went the way the dinosaur in a way, or Samsung put it in the back burner for now. But that was the closest we ever got to any competitor to Apple at that scale where they're able to control all that. Because now what we have with the, the Note devices especially, um, uh, I use what is called your phone. Uh, so your phone is a, something that Microsoft developed that works mm-hmm. with Android devices. But it mm-hmm. mostly works with all the features on a Samsung device. And it's a seamless interaction wirelessly um, with with the phone and the computer where you can drag and drop documents, pictures, videos between the two, like you're actually dealing with the, uh, the programs within your computer. You can take the calls, the messages and all that. You can right. use the Android apps on your computer, like, and it's all seamless. And right. the craziest part is this, to be able to copy and paste text while you're typing on your on your keyboard to the phone and you have the phone interface on the side they've mm-hmm. been able to do that so if you actually use a Samsung Galaxy book which is the the uh, Samsung's um w- uh, PC Windows powered PC you get even more things so I'm like I would have loved to have seen that but uh, Samsung's the closest we'll get to it not what they used to be but even with yeah. all that being said they they are better than they used to be for their updates, but they only promise two to three years, and that's it. Now, and let me ask that, you like, this. So is that the same with Google directly, meaning Google still provides updates t- to older devices, or they don't do that? <clears throat> well, Android itself is uh, open source software. So right. anybody can go in and get it. So that's Google giving, because Android is something they bought. Just like Chrome, they bought it. You said you use Brave. Anybody mm-hmm. could build off it. So the actual foundation of the software gets updates. So like eventually there'll be like Android or whatever, uh, 10, 11, 12, 13, and all that. I think we're in So it is up to the manufacturer then to follow up on that and provide those updates is what you're they saying. T- yeah, they'll take that and use the basis for it. And because they all build on top of it, they take right. care of everything else. Security updates are very key because they got to come through those channels. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just got an update thing on my Chromium. Uh, like right here is like, oh, yeah, but that can wait. Because um, mm-hmm. the the downside to that is if you have a heavily skinned um, operating system, 
like where right. Samsung UI, then uh-huh. they have to touch up all of that to make it compatible with that operating system update. Otherwise, oh, okay. it's stuck. But the 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 security patches also important. They need to be rolled out. the The issue still is that some of those things are still run through the carrier. So if there's carrier specific devices. They mm-hmm. have to run through the carrier. And if you're on Verizon or AT&T, you might be SOL. Right. That's why I buy my phones unlocked directly from the manufacturer. Yeah, likewise. Like Apple. Yeah, likewise. I do the same thing. I mean, I think there's a various factor into what you just described. Number one, I think it is a huge incentive for carriers to not provide follow-up updates because eventually they want to make more money from the newer hardwares. So in a way, they're kind of forcing you to uh, jump onto the new device's wagon. And then Mm -hmm. the other thing is might be the effort into supporting those older devices into, you know, utilizing their own resources and not wanting to continue to support and invest on that instead of just focusing on the new new thing uh but yeah but the reason why i asked you about google specifically was you know i'm not a big fan of monopoly uh overall controlling everything Mm -hmm. but when it comes to for instance apple or and now google and i think you touched on on this earlier that samsung is also doing the same thing in terms of creating their own SOCs in-house, I think it just gives them the ability to fine-tune whatever it is that they want to offer us as consumer in a much better environment. Whereas before, where you have to support 10,000 different manufacturers, things can get a little more, uh, I, I don't know, chaotic, I guess. Because back in the day when I was working for this company, I remember... Uh, deploying Microsoft technology, um, I think I, I I still have my my Microsoft engineering certifications and all those things. And I remember when you know it was Dell, HP uh, manufacturers. Then came Lenovo's. Uh, then there was a few other aftermarket manufacturers coming in, and you had to support all these variations of hardware that are thrown into this ecosystem. And then you have this this plethora of uh, software deployments that you need to put together, and it was just quite cumbersome. Whereas with Apple, when it came to deploying uh, software updates, patches, and things like that, it was more feasible because they ha- they control you know the operating system, the hardware, so the entire experience. It's I guess more easy and feasible for an everyday average person for us that are more tech savvy or or geeks we don't care we we, we're in for you know that thrill of oh new thing let me just work on this troubleshoot it see if it worked oh it fell oh man let me just go complain on this group forum or whatever and then see if i can come up with solution and then post it there and so that is what Apple has done really, really good so much so that if you are a part of that Apple ecosystem, it, things are just seamless. It, they just work. And if it doesn't work, you, you rarely you know, have to 
um, go too deep into the rabbit hole in, in terms of finding solutions is what I'm trying to say. But uh, I'm glad that Google is, is following on the same footsteps as well as, you know, Sansom, I think, because in the end, it'll give them more control of the products that they're putting out there and thus competing uh, at a better stage with, in this particular case, you know, Apple. Well, yes, there's a, there's a lot of good that comes of it. And uh, the, the fact that uh, it's open source software, I think, is what um, um, what always, for those of us that like tinkering with things, as you mentioned, um, yeah. we get the ability to like, well, if we don't like it, we can still do our own thing. Right. Um, I, yeah. I, re I recently published, uh, in fact, the, day, the week we're recording this, I published on my channel, uh, my daily tech for 2021, because this was mm -hmm. the year that I, I, I've never had to um, uh, replace as many devices as I did for this year. Uh, mm. I, I tell people, uh, the, um, the biggest insult I got this year was someone that called me an Apple fanboy. I'm like, you, <laughs> you're new around here because uh, I am not anything near an Apple fanboy. That that argument from my side is starting to fall flatter now because okay. of how much more Apple products I have since uh, I was insulted. Because mm -hmm. when I was shopping around for computers, that very thing that you mentioned, and I was really uh, invested in the Microsoft Surface lineup. Right. Uh, terrible experience with the duo in the exchange process. Uh, that one is uh, another rant coming for another day because it's not over yet. But okay. the, uh, when it came to computers, I, I relied upon um, the Microsoft Surface Pro lineup. Uh, and mm. I used that for years um, until mm. I had to upgrade something a lot more robust to a laptop. I ended up getting the laptop three, which ended up passing on to, to my father and the company because I'm like, you need, a, you need this more than I do. Uh, and then mm -hmm. I needed to see like, okay, I need a mobile, um, uh, well, I need a computer that can help me process, uh, like content create on the go right. that can do it right. And because I'm still rocking an Apple watch, this is the series four. Mm -hmm. This was the first watch that I, I actually kept on and I, I didn't care for iPhone. I didn't right. like, I always wanted an iPod growing up, but I'm like, I didn't care for an iPhone. It's like, well, think about yeah. it. It's all, oh, there's an iPod with the, with the cellular antenna in it, but it mm -hmm. just didn't, it didn't uh, click on me. It's like, no, 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 an iPod, an iPod. Well, when I was watching the presentation for, for this, like I had to play in the background because I didn't care. So when they announced the Apple Watch Series 4, I'm like, ah, more of the same. Until they said EKG. I'm like, I'm sorry, right. what? Because for me, uh, in my health journey, that was mm -hmm. the key to me because uh, I had um, heart rate monitors. Um, I had uh, a wrist optical heart sensors that are they're not accurate. But if you're using something to track the inaccuracies, the differences right. are still adding up to progress. Mm -hmm. But the more the more important ones were the heart rate straps. So then I, I watched with interest when Apple made that announcement. So when reviewers that I trusted got their hands on it that do fitness and mm -hmm. they're testing the watch while using heart rate straps on another um, iPhone and comparing the results, it was mind boggling. Interesting. That's why I ended up getting it because I wanted to like streamline what I use. I don't want to have to, oh, I can't do my workout right now because I forgot my stuff at home or right. I'm leaving work. So, no, if I'm in a pinch, boom, I get to use this 
if I'm ready to go. I don't have any right. excuse. Right. And the watch is, and those that know me and follow my channel know that I have to have a wearable. So coming from a Pebble, and I still use my Samsung watches because they work with iOS too, but I have connected my, right. my other Android. I carry two phones all the time. Um, but this is the main one. I'm like, you know, I think I'm going to give this a shot. I gave it a shot. I never looked back. Um, mm. I, I, I got hooked on the watch, but in order to use it, <laughs> I needed an iPhone. <laughs> and I got the red XR. It's not the proper okay. name, but I'm yeah. saying XR. Okay. So okay. Uh, I actually think that XR, by the way, was the last great red version they had because the red after that were like, these are not red. It's weird. Yeah, it's a weird yeah. red. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't, I wasn't a really big fan of the phone, but ironically, the <laughs> interface when they got rid of the home button, it yeah. operated a lot like the Blackberry um uh a playbook, which was a tablet they had. And, okay. and then uh the latest Blackberry operating system uh called Blackberry 10 which was all gesture-based. So when okay. iPhone got rid of the, the home button, it was like, dude, this feels like a like a BlackBerry. Like, what the? They got rid of Touch ID and went into uh, Face ID, yeah. Yeah, so when they did that, I'm like, you know what? I can assimilate now because I really hated my first experience with an iPhone. I didn't even go 24 <laughs> hours, like, sending this, this crap back. But I this see. thing, they, they got me. So that's why I opened myself up to, like, as I was looking at the price tiers for these computers uh, for my, like Windows based, I'm like, what about what about a MacBook Pro? Yeah. That's what all the content creators use when they're on go. That's what right. they rely upon. Right. And I looked into it and it came out a little cheaper. So I'm like, do I really want to go down this road to use a Mac uh, like operating system? Cause I don't I didn't know how to really use one. But then I saw boot camp. Like, you yeah. mean I could transform the hardware into a Windows computer <laughs> that didn't look back? So that's why I'm like, I took a picture of a, a MacBook Pro. And like, everybody on it, you got an Apple computer? It's like, let me explain. So that's right. like the next picture. And I showed Windows booting up. It's like, how did you do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Camp. Yeah. So, so that that's when like, okay, so I can use my... Yeah my windows stuff so i do use i'm like 70 percent of the time i'm windows on that one got it and, and, and the beauty the, rest, the, the huh? beauty of that is and what i appreciate this company doing is that obviously bootcamp is nothing new right we know bootcamp has been out for oh my goodness decades now but the ability to cross platform into in a specific environments such as the Mac OS Unix based and then coexist with Microsoft uh, operating system, I think it's a good thing because it adds value to everyone. Like you just described, it added more value to what you do. And on top of that, <clears throat> excuse me, if there's anything else that you need to experiment or do on the Mac side, well, you, you have that choice there. And I think that's where I see the trend with Microsoft as well, I think after the new CEO, I always get his name horribly wrong. The new Microsoft CEO. Do you remember his name? Um, so anyways, it, it, I have seen the trend where um, I can, he, he's integrating all these Microsoft technology 
into being more cohesive with whether it's Android or Apple. And, and that has propelled Microsoft and put Microsoft in a different level where more people are adopting a lot more Microsoft technology into the Apple ecosystem and vice versa. I mean, just the fact that Microsoft, uh, excuse me, Apple announced this year that they will be supporting iMessages for Android devices was a huge thing for mm-hmm. a lot of people, especially those with um, Android devices. As we know, there is this rivalry between the blue bubble and the green bubble uh, <laughs> when you're messaging one another. And, and so having the ability now to go cross-platform like that and do even FaceTime with Android users, it's a welcome feature. And I think that all these companies should continue to invest and promote that time of cohesive, you know, multi-platform environment. I think it, it's, it's just going to add more value to whatever the company, you know, doing that might be. Yeah, it, it definitely opens them up to a wider consumer base um, either exactly. side. So uh, there, there's definitely pluses to that because uh, I, I did hate a walled garden because, uh, uh, yeah, I carry, um, I'm using the iPhone 12. And for those that seen my daily tech uh, video, it wasn't intentional that I went everything white and silver this year because even my Note 20 is the same thing. And it just, everything. Um, it matches your like, head. So it's cool. It yes, yes. Uh, that was I mean, here's the thing. These are the the Surface um, headphones, the first generation. They work okay. great with my my Windows based computer. They were right. not playing nice though with the MacBook Pro. I'm like, well, it's just Bluetooth. Sure. Why is it? Why is it so choppy? Like it would drop. Uh, like it would be um, staticky, and then it would just drop audio like every 15 seconds. I'm like, well, this is terrible. I can't edit like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. I bit the bullet because I was already shopping around for headphones. I'm like, uh, I didn't see this coming, but I should have. I ended up getting just a few days ago the the uh, AirPods Max. So that was I haven't announced that one yet. So if anybody sees it, yeah, I'm announcing it now. Uh, okay. And I made the mistake in getting them in space gray because the picture. Oh, that's black. not a mistake. Come on, that's not a mistake. It looks. No, I thought. I. I. Well, it. It didn't look great when I put it down on my on my silver Mac. I'm like, it, it doesn't. It just doesn't right. flow. So yeah. I went to go exchange it for the silver one. I'm like, oh, that is nicer. Okay, <laughs> so okay. I so you wanted to match. Yeah. It, it, it felt really out of place, and I don't care because I have black headphones. But it just right. it, it didn't mesh well. Um, and it's like, okay, uh, I, I have two stations anyway. Uh, one's on the go, and I'm like, okay, now I have something to to really do. Um, my content creation with and and uh, and I was uh, so like I can focus in on my audio editing, especially the, the video part. It's visual, but the audio right. experience. If there's any lag in it, that's where it really sucks because you could clip the video. Like, oh, I got the clip. Yeah, but because you were using Bluetooth headphones, right. your audio was off by just that much, and now the rest of the video looks out of sync. Yeah, if that- there's one advice that we should give, you know, your your viewers. And the people listening is that if you are creating content, make sure not to think that your Bluetooth headphones, whether it's your regular AirPods or 
your AirPods Pro or even any Bluetooth-based uh, headphones are going to be the best for you to edit. Now, I understand if you are in a rush and it's a small edit, uh, I can you know see how that might work. But from my own personal experience, it is a such a bad way to edit because you, your mouth will be moving at a different speed than your audio. And it's just going to be hilarious unless you're going for that as a, you know, maybe you're doing comic or, uh, or what, uh, but uh, yeah, a, a wired headphone for editing is a most. So, yeah, that's why uh, my audio technicas are my go-to. I've used that, man, they're, those are old, but they're my go-to. There's they're studio headphones. Like I can't replace them at all. <laughs> I, I, I only use it when, um, like I only use the, any Bluetooth stuff just when I'm I'm hearing the playback and I'm just like wandering about doing other things and I could hear it like, okay, I need to make some changes there. I look at the timestamps and it's sometimes like give or take a few because of course I'm using Bluetooth. So then right. I would do the, those edits. But uh, I yeah, I would, I do not rely on, on Bluetooth. The experience is a bit different with yeah. the Air Max pods, uh, the, the AirPods Max that is uh, because of, I don't know how the heck they, they really sync those things up, um, but those things are hardcore. I decided not to use the AirPods Max for edit, and instead I went with this type of headphones. Um, mm -hmm. And there's a reason for that as well. I'm not a big fan of the uh, AirPods Max, even though I love Apple tech and, and everything Apple tech. Um, some of the reason, obviously, was the number one thing I thought the price isn't reasonable i mean mm -hmm. just like pretty much everything apple but i think on the <laughs> airpods the airpods max i think they went above and beyond and i understand there are solid aluminum and and i mean right now i do use it to watch when i i enjoy some apple tv plus you know series or what have you just because of the special the special audio feature the emulation of surround that they have, you know, incorporated from Dolby, I think it is. And I think it's phenomenal. That that technology is incredible, but I don't think it justifies the cost for the headphone. Now, the biggest pet peeve that I have with the AirPods Max is the case. I no. cannot, I cannot emphasize how close to a purse those things look, which is why, which is why my wife is the one using them on a regular basis. And There's a whole aftermarket for that. Like, oh, here, buy these, like 30 bucks. Yeah. Like, oh, that looks pretty good. Yeah. Um, so I, I do have an eye on a case that I want to get for it. I just got these things. Uh, yeah, you know yeah. what? Maybe I, could, maybe I could reach it. Let me see what we need. Yeah, right next to me. Yeah, I, I will say that's the only thing. Obviously, <laughs> people have different preferences. I know that yeah. the noise canceling is really, really good. They, they have been, you know, a lot of raving reviews about it. Yeah. So this is the purse he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but and the other is thing is at the bottom of it. At the bottom of it, that's the only way to put the headphones into sleep mode, right? There is no on and off button for those headphones. So oftentimes you need to be cautious because if you leave them laying 
on your desk or you know anything like that let's say like the sony xms um four the most recent one mx or xms I, i forgot which brand which model they are those will auto turned off eventually after let's say a minute or two or what have you to preserve the battery and i think that's something that apple thought of but they didn't execute on this particular uh, airpox max because the fact that they have to be seated in this case in order to put them to sleep is an extra step that not everyone is going to do let alone that the case doesn't protect the the headphone itself from tapping on the corners to each other and thus you know possibly in the future, creating small scratches and dents. Even though it's solid aluminum, these things are heavy. They feel very, very solid. I just think that the protection should have been, you know, better than what it is. Now, the the one thing that I tried a while back with those when I was editing a, a short clip was um, buying the extra overpriced audio cable from mm-hmm. Apple and just using that hardwired on my Mac via the headphone, and it did, you know, work better than using the Bluetooth. Well, uh, is that like, uh, um, is, is that like a, a USB Type C to Lightning? Um, Correct. Is that it? Because that, okay, yeah, no, that's. I'm sure there's some aftermarket ones that are much cheaper. Oh, for sure, no <laughs> question about it. But you know how they do things. Sometimes they tie it so well with that particular device that oftentimes is you get different experience or glitches here and there. If something were yeah. to happen to the device itself, you know that they're going to blame that particular aftermarket, you know, cable as opposed to their device itself. But anyways, yeah. most companies do that regardless yeah but that's also why um apple is just so reluctant to give up the lightning port on iphones I'm like dude you oh, went usb type c on everything but this one. Oh lord <laughs> don't get me started with that man <laughs> it's crazy absolutely bananas to see that every other uh device iteration whether if it's the ipad pro now as well as the macbooks lineup um and let's see what else. Even the new Apple Watch Series 6, the cable, the fast charging cable that they have is USB-C. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it just tells you how how tightly they have, you know, this lightning control over it instead of just embracing what everyone else have done for many years now. And that is adopting USB-C. I mean, there's just... No way around that. And I think there has been some lawsuits uh, in Europe in, uh, mm. uh, for Apple standardizing all their devices to use USB-C. Uh, I, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, that might affect it. But uh, but Apple, I think the response from Apple was like, okay, yeah, uh, we're going to just ditch all the ports. What? So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's either one extreme or the other. Lightning port or yeah. nothing. <laughs> like, oh yeah, my yeah, goodness! Yeah, yeah. And I can Dude. see that happening in the next, you know, two more iterations where they try to just go Mac safe, one hundred percent. 
Mm. Uh, I mean, we'll see the trend going for that. The new Mac, uh, MacBook, which is what I'm what I'm using currently right now. The new MacSafe tech is um, better. The the one that they introduced on the iMac uh, 24 inch, the new ones this year, have a new MacSafe tech. So you can see that they actually are transitioning. Um, so. I can see a future within the next two years or so where they're going to be pushing iPhones without any ports at all. You know, that it, it was just going to be cheap technology for charging these devices. Yeah, I quite honestly don't use uh, the, the lightning cable. I don't carry it with me. So oh, I, really? I actually treat my iPhone like like a, a portless device because I have wireless mm. chargers in the office and at home. I just Good. plop it on there. And when right. I transfer um, docu- well, um, content from the phone over to the, uh, to the MacBook Pro, Pro like I airdrop it. I'm like, right. dude, that's fast. So I'm like, okay, it just, I don't have to like fumble with cables. And I, right. I, I do find that super convenient. Um, yeah. Airdrop but- is, is a tech that I think has been underrated for a long, long time. And um, people that are new to Apple ecosystem, the moment they either see someone else doing it or they do it themselves and see how feasible it is to just airdrop practically anything from your mobile device to a Mac and vice versa, it's just mind-blowing, um, in my opinion. Yeah, that's why Samsung and Google are trying their own thing at that. Um, it's called, uh, they were trying, it was first called uh android beam i think they're bringing it back uh, samsung is doing their own thing they call it quick share right now it only works with samsung android devices that mm-hmm. it literally mimics um, um airdrop good so it, it's the next generation of what android beam used to be because mm-hmm. what it used to be android to android where they can just pass things on there's this uh i'm a big fan of sci-fi and one of okay. the best science fiction works that i've seen was um uh, it's not over yet. It's called the X bands on uh, it's on Prime. It's on Amazon. It's about it, as of this recording, it's going to enter the. It's going to enter the third uh, season. Um, season. Yeah, I mean a sixth season. So hold well on, I'm getting oh, wow. a sixth season. My goodness. Yeah, I'm getting a waiting on uh, from somebody in the in the chat. Hold on, I don't know why. A waiting. I didn't send. Yeah, I didn't. Um, a kick from studio. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, someone that wants to join the chat. Yeah, I don't know why I'm trying to join the chat because we're doing this privately. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so I'm gonna. What's good? A kick from studio. She wants to prevent us <laughs> from rejoining you. You should ban them instead. Okay. We're in record only, so I don't know what's uh, what's going on here. Yeah, it's cool. As long as that they don't, you know, join in or do anything that they're not supposed to, I guess we can just keep mm-hmm. moving, pushing this forward. But yeah. at the end of the day, I think that um, it is what works best for each of us or each individual. If you are in the Android ecosystem, and this used to be the bottles that we used to have constantly. No, Android is better or Apple is better. And 
look, we have these technology, this feature for the past two, five years, and now you guys just got it and you think you got the, you know, the greatest and everything. Um, and again, at this point, I just think is whatever works for you, just use that. If you're happy with your Android ecosystem, then by all means, continue to do that. And for those of us that are in the Apple ecosystem, then, you know, we just need to keep it down a little bit and respect the other people's opinion when it comes to, you know, criticizing Apple for whatever it is. I used to be a big, you know, Apple fan and believer and, and things like that. And for the past five years or so, as I saw a lot of lack of innovation coming out from Apple and then seeing the other companies innovating so rapidly, I started realizing that the perception that Apple was putting out there wasn't the best uh, moving forward. And so I began to question some of those things and um, began a little more on the uh, middle uh, road as opposed to just taking one side over the other. Um, as well as even with Microsoft as well. And right now I'm just, you know, it's whatever makes you happy. Sometimes I have conversation with my family members and some of them will be, you know, I I'm just happy with my Samsung Galaxy. I think it's on the 20 or 21 series or something. Like um, that. It's, yeah, 21, the S21. Okay. And, you know, the camera is better and, this and that, because we always default to the camera conversation. And obviously there's a reason for that. We use the camera probably the most on these devices, especially with social media. And, and again, if you're happy with that, um, are you very well versed into the videography and photography environment as to um, understand how many pixels you will need to, or, you know, to record a 4K or 8K video that I know some of those Samsung devices are capable of. And what are you going to do with that in the first place? It's good to have, but at the end of the day, whether you post it on any of the social media or even YouTube, everything gets compressed. Yeah. So regardless of having a camera that has 48 megapixels and you're recording 8K footage, it's cool. So, you know, be happy. If that's what you want, then great. Uh, I'm, you know, again, I have used iPhones recording all the way back from 6X Plus, I think it was. That's when I started making videos for YouTube and, and things like that. And I was, you know, fine, fine with it. I have no issue whatsoever. And now, obviously, the iPhones starting from the 11. In the 12 and now the 13. The 13, I'm 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 reserving you know a lot of criticisms from Apple on the 13, but I would say from the 11 to the 12, it was a great uh bumped into the hardware iteration. On the 13, not so much, which is why I skipped it. And mm -hmm. I I made up an entire podcast episode criticizing Apple for the iPhone 13 and the lack of, you know, innovation on that particular one. Because at the end of the day, the overwhelming majority of iPhone users do not care one bit about cinematic mode or, you know, any of these basic things that were introduced on the iPhone 13. And so 
I didn't think I, I didn't see the need for me to move from my 12 Pro Max to the 13 uh, Max. And so we'll see what they come up with uh, next year. Hopefully something that, you know, it's is better and maybe I'll jump on that wagon. But for the time being, I'm very happy with the 12 Pro Max and, um, you know, it's brand new. So, yeah. And, and I do, I have to admit, I, I really like the hardware of the of the 12 Pro. I have the 12 Pro, not the Max, because I hate big phones, but uh, I ended okay. up getting a, a Note 20, which is even bigger than the, than the Pro Max. Like, what the? That is enormous. <laughs> um, but I, I credit to where credit's due. I never complain about the hardware on Apple. Mm-hmm. I only okay. complain about the operating system all across the oh, board. Okay. When I first got an when I first got an iPad, I'm like, why are they wasting the real estate space of a of a giant screen? Why do they have to use an uh, scale up um, an iOS like right. uh, like layout to take advantage of the screen? So eventually they brought iPad OS, but even that didn't have everything. You're like, okay, some widgets, but no mouse support and things like that. Yeah. So. It, it, it was slow getting the ball rolling in that respect. And I still don't like iOS. Um, I think mm. it's cumbersome compared to how I navigate myself on Android. It's just, okay. And being able to transfer data to and from a computer is significantly better uh, on an Android, um, especially when you can go to the root files and just move things around. So that's uh, something easier for me to do. But there was a, a train of thought that I had that I got interrupted because uh, and we're recording this, um, uh, but it's, Still, it would have like if it's a live broadcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna report to Streamyard of that incident that just happened just now, where uh, someone that should not have had the link to this um, stream ended up <clears throat> trying to join the, the the thing. Now they didn't try anything malicious, but they were communicating right there in the private chat. Like, but how? This is a record only, and I handed you the, the link. So right. that that interrupted my my mindset, uh, my train of thought with what I was talking mm-hmm. about in terms of the expanse, which is entering season six. Reason I bring it up is because uh, of all the science fiction movies um, I can think of, probably like two thousand one, A Space Odyssey, uh, and then a Minority Report. Those two movies um, were revolutionary in their technology, but also kind of um, predicted a realistic portrayal of future tech which mm-hmm. is uh, outstanding um mm-hmm. particularly the minority reporting and pre-crime and all that um right. but but like, like identity scan and all that a tv show in this case uh, the expanse which was on the sci-fi channel for three seasons before it was canceled and picked up by amazon studios that's why it's on prime now all of it mm. the, there is this really it, it takes place like 200 years in the future we colonize mars and we have different space stations and, um throughout the asteroid belts Mm-hmm. I love the technology that is used in it because the phones that the characters used, they call it a terminal. They don't call them phones anymore. And okay. I'm like, well, that's pretty much true. And they call it a terminal because um, it's basically your universal pass. So let's say the I'm using this as a prop here. Mm-hmm. Only the bottom section is like a place where you can hold it with your hand. And the rest of it is like a piece of glass or plastic. So it's all translucent. And right. it's it's a screen that you interact with for everything that you do. So if you're going to a room, you're going to unlock it. You're unlocking it with the, the phone like NFC. And when you enter a room, there's already like docks and things that you can dock it and then expand the screen to like a holographic thing or toss it to the TV so you can see it in high def. I'm like, mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense. And mm-hmm. when you're using your ID, it's the phone, everything, because that's what these things are. These Swiss army knives of so many different things. Right. And it it's... It was a logical leap in technology 
that uh, wherever you went, the terminal was the only way for you to basically communicate with anything there. Uh, and it made sense because a lot of it's uh, you can do gesture based. You can still type on it, but also recognizing voice patterns and speech recognition for what you're asking when you're asking it. Like a very smart uh, voice intelligence system. But get this, but no voice feedback to you. Mm. It was just showing you the results, but it wasn't telling you anything. I thought that is brilliant, especially because one of the characters in the show has one and has a cracked screen. <laughs> I'm like what's well, that's very realistic um yeah. but when i when i saw that i'm like that's what i wish for technology i know that apple's doing that with like their airdrop um into like if you have a home pod an apple tv you have your macbook or your your mac or like uh, an imac um your phone your tablet your watch if you have them all in wi-fi you're tossing the phone call through all of it you can message through all of it you right. can, I think you can switch the music from one to another. It's a very similar concept, and they're able to do that because they control the economies of scale. I know Android, to an extent, wants to be able to do that, or at least Google wants to be able to do that through their acquiring Nest um, and and like Android itself being able to communicate through casting to all these different things. So yes, it makes sense. And two hundred years later, that is the pinnacle still of how things communicate. Our phones are very, very important. So while some, so while sometimes Apple seems to be late to the game on things, because it's always a running joke. Oh, look, Apple finally invented wireless charging. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Well, the difference is, though, that when Apple does it, the industry moves with them. So That's they right. let someone else pioneer it, and then they come along and do it better. So, so I do know all eyes are on Apple to see what they would do with a foldable phone. Or their yeah. take on a Tesla, because uh, mm -hmm. that would be interesting to see how that all works. Yeah. I don't know if you have ever heard this, but Elon actually reached out to Apple a while back to buy Tesla when they were going to go bankrupt, and they declined. So mm. imagine, imagine Apple back then accepting that offer to own Tesla. Today, I mean, incredible. <laughs> oh, but that's just, true. Just, huh? well, yeah. You know, yeah. especially for especially with all the. I mean, most people see Tesla as a car manufactured and and things like that. But Tesla technically is a technology and robotics company. They're not a car company, and so it is fascinating to see how software. Is so intricate that it has gone all the way across all these different nuances of our lives, and in this case, a car. And the ability to be able to unlock your car, start your car from your iPhone, I don't know if the Android app for Tesla does it or not. I'm not familiar. No, I think it's Apple. I think it's okay. Apple. You, you're able to, you know, fire it up from there via Bluetooth. It's just incredible. Uh, to see things like that happening in, you know, in our lifetime and see what's coming down the pipe as well, you know, in regards to those integrations across multiple companies. And again, I, I love that. I love that ability to be able to do that. I mean, the reality is our iPhones are so powerful than most computers nowadays, quite frankly. And I think oh, yeah. I read something a while back that, 
the iPhones are, I don't know how many times faster than the initial Apollo computers that we sent to space back then and even today. And so we don't realize that because we're just focused on what we see, you know, in front of us, uh, a larger screen and the feedback that we're getting from that device. But underneath that, underneath all that stuff, the CPU, the memory, and everything else is just incredible, the power that these devices packed in, in such a small, you know, form factor. Yeah, it's, like I said, it's a it's a Swiss army knife of, of so many things. Um, and there's a, oh my goodness, what is that thing? Someone else is trying to do what Apple's doing. I think it's BMW. Is trying to is trying to mimic that ability to have um, the car key on your phone, just like mm-hmm. you can with the Tesla. And it's logical right. because uh, BMW has their own electric vehicles too. I know that Audi's working on something uh, to that extent as well. It's just there's just a lot, you know. And right. I, I I like that. It's it's very convenient because um, well, it, when tech works uh, for us and with us. It definitely helps us uh, improve the quality of life. Oh, for and sure. And of course, there's, al- there's always that dark side because of like, well, how do they get all that info to make it convenient? It's like, well, because we are the batteries to that machine. We are the data. You yeah, know, in um, reality, um, and I don't know if you want to segue into what you were talking about, big tech or social media and things like that right now. Oh. But- Oh, yeah, I, I'd love to uh, talk about that. We can, uh, um, you know what? Uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, we're going to take on big tech. Uh, for those of you that are not watching on YouTube, you'll be able to uh, watch uh, the rest of this uh, interview. Um, but follow the descriptions down below. There'll be links to see the full interview, particularly the segment that you're going to miss out on. So for those of you, uh, particularly on YouTube, this is what we bid you adieu. Uh, if you want to see the rest of my conversation with Sam as we talk about big tech and how America looks from that side of the of the ocean, because he's out in Taiwan, uh, we're both very politically inclined and agree with the um, we see eye to eye on a lot of things. But what does America look like from the other side? The answers to those questions and discussions and more. You can go check that out. You can find the links over the show notes at www.thatnewsgobo.com. So for the rest of you, we'll see you later. Thanks for being on here, Sam. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Andres Segovia Show. Remember to like, share, and subscribe to stay in the know. If you want a question featured on the program or you never know, it could be an episode all on its own, you can message me at any of the social media links available at my website, www.theandresegovia.com. Also available there are all the directories where you can find my show. Remember to also follow me on YouTube and Instagram where other exclusive content resides. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the program. I'll see you on the next one.